0: Forty-eight. You know, Sam, in his prayer, said the best thing for us to understand tonight is we're going to talk about loving your enemy, but you cannot do that unless you first have the gospel of Jesus Christ in your heart. And what do we mean by that? What we mean by that is that he changes your life, and he changes who you are from the inside out. See, we believe um, when we worship an eternal God, that means eternity is forever, and that means we do not just pass away or fade away, but we, we, we are with God. We go from this world to be with God in heaven, to be with Jesus Christ, if you are a follower of Christ. Tonight, guys, we're talking about a sensitive subject on the sense of um, what the topics are around today. When Jesus was talking to to the Sermon on the Mount, um, this is the most famous sermon from 5 to chapter 8, or 5 to 7, and what this sermon is, is um, it's Jesus correcting a lot of times from things of the Old Testament, because in man's perspective, and when man puts his thoughts of something, man's going to have his way of doing things. For example, it's easy to love people who like you. Would you agree with that? Yes? No? So it's easy to love people who like you. Is it easy to love people who hate you? No, absolutely not. It's hard to love those who hate you. So Jesus jumps in here and he's already explained some things to people. And so he jumps in here to love your enemy. So let's read this together. You had heard that it was said that you shall love your enemies and uh, sorry, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to uh, you what love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons to your Father who is in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil of all the good and sends the rain and just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what is your reward? Do you have Do you even, uh, do you even the tax collectors do the same? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what among you are you doing, uh, doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? And you therefore must be perfect, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. A lot of stuff going on. So let's talk about this. First, let's look at the background. You have heard that it was said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Love your neighbor comes from Leviticus 19.18. Okay? So, Leviticus 19.18. And it says to love your neighbor. And we've heard the part of it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. So, Leviticus 19.18 comes from there. Then it says to hate your enemy. Hate your enemy does not appear in the Old Testament, but it was a common saying, saying among them. In other words, God never said hate your enemy. But hating the enemy was a common thing. It would be like that today as well. A lot of people say, hey, go hate someone because they hate you first. Or, hey, it's best to get revenge before they get revenge on you. Or, hey, you need to go out and do this. Or, we hate them because they're different. We hate them because they don't believe what we believe. And we live in a society that... That, that I laugh about a lot of times. That says that it takes intolerance. That it takes. Uh, they want people to be different. But when a- anyone is truly different. In our society. They tend to hate them. <laughs> okay. See our society hates Jesus. Because he's different. And he is the truth. See. Everything else in our society is accepted, really, but Christianity, if you notice. It's the Christians who have to be in. It's the Christians who have to do this because they do, do not want to hear the truth. And so, guys, when we go out and we are different and we truly act in the way of Christ, you will make enemies. Now, when I say that, I want to say this. They might be enemies towards you, but... We as Christians are to act as we have no enemies. Because, see, we're to love our enemies. In other words, we're to love them even though they might have a grudge against you. We're to love them even though they might consider you next to nothing. We're to love them. See, well, why must we love our enemies? Well, let's answer that. First, you have to have different ethics. Different ethics. Okay. So what I mean by that is very simple. Ethics is a means of a moral code. I think these notes are in there. Um, If you have different ethics, ethics mean a moral code. Okay. But I say to you to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons to the Father in heaven. For he makes his son um, rise on the evil... On good and send the rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You have to have different ethics. So, in that, what's the first thing? Well, the first thing we have to understand in ethics: first, you're different in moral ethics. Christians must love their enemies. Otherwise, there's no difference between them and the tax collector and them and the pagans. And pagans being uh, of other religions or other things. Two groups classically despised by Orthodox Greek, um, Jews is tax collectors and Gentiles. The first were working for the Roman and, uh, and, and uh, the tax collectors wrote, worked for the Romans and they collected it. Um, from their own people and they usually collect it more than they need it and the second the gentiles is because of their false religion but almost all people look after their own the true test of a genuine follower of christ is how the believers will treat those whom they are naturally inclined to hate or who mistreat them or persecute them see that's how you know if you're a Christian. That's how you know a follower is because no matter how the people may treat us, no matter how they might persecute us, we're going to love them anyway. Because why? Because when we're in Christ, do we have an old nature or a new nature? New, which means we're now a new creation, correct? Which means we can do things that we were never able to do before. See, like me. I was raised up in a very racist society. I was was raised to be better than another group. That's how I was raised. Now, you were not probably raised that way, but that's how I was raised. But see, something happened to me. I knew growing up that it didn't feel right. It wasn't what the Bible was teaching. So when I grew, and as I became a man and made my own decisions and looked at the Bible... I went. that is completely wrong. And even though it was taught that was right, it was completely unethical, completely wrong. And what God teaches us is that we love people. See, I don't think you can be a Christian and breed hate for others. I just don't think that happens. See, there are going to be people who are going to mistreat you. I told you the story last week of the Roman Empire and when they were... uh, when, when the plague was coming, I'm going to pretend BJ has the plague. And instead of running away like most people would run, they were running to him and loving him where he was. And what happened, many people did die because a plague is contagious. Um, hence the name plague. Um, the, but they were loving him and they were ministering to the people to the point that it made the Roman Empire nervous because they were looking after themselves and, and their own, but the Christians were. We're looking out for others. See, the Romans were killing the Christians at that time, by the way. But instead of running away in a time of need, they ran too because they did not see them as their enemy. They saw them as a friend. Whatever emotions may be involved, love here refers to a generous, warm, costly, self sacrificing for another person. And see, for some of you, enemies may be clearly defined and some may not. Some of you might feel like you even live in the house of your enemy. Well, what do I mean? You know, I know that some, I was brought up in a very loving family, but I know that others who are good friends of mine, who are brought in homes where their parents very much mistreated them. They would beat them. They would sexually assault them. There's thousands of things that we could talk about. And as they got older and as Christ began to work with them, I think one of the most beautiful, freeing things for them is they went to those people and they loved them despite of what happened to them and gave them forgiveness. And let me just tell you, I have no clue how hard that is, but I can only imagine. And it was freeing for them because they no longer thought their father or their mother or their aunt or their uncle and sometimes even their brother or their sister was no longer their enemy. But they looked at them and loved them despite of what happened. Ken, are you saying that that's an easy thing? I, 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 no, I know it's hard. But when we begin to love others in spite of our hard difficulties, I mean, think about the Christians in the early church. These people were killing them but yet they ran to them in a time of opportunity to show Christ. People who so loved and greet their enemies and pray for their persecutors prove themselves to be be those that, in verse 9 here, who are growing conformity to the likeness of their heavenly Father, verse 45. to grow in the conformity and the likeness of their Heavenly Father. What one of the greatest things that you could have to teach others at your school, because if you want to see cliques and society split and all different groups, go to high school. (laughs) I mean, you see it everywhere. I mean, there's all types of things, okay? Uh, And let me just tell you, it has not changed since I've graduated in 1999 i walk in as a coach, and it's still the same, okay? I'm like, it's so funny. There's different faces, but, you know, different names. We had different groups that y'all don't have, and y'all have different groups that we do not have. We had a group called the Rednecks. Y'all do not have that. Be thankful. Um, And no, not your pretend Rednecks, real Rednecks, okay? And uh, (laughs) so with gun racks and spitting tobacco and all good things, Um. So you know you, you had you had all these groups and stuff, and, and some people didn't like some people, and some people treated some things. But when you begin to love them where they were, it begin to change some things. Because why? You have a different ethic than them. You have a different moral ethic. I think one of the uh, uh, things I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna change right here is not only do you have a different um, moral ethic, you have a different theological ethic. Theo means God. Logical or logi means study. So it means the study of God. So, but when someone says a different theologic, uh, 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 theological ethic, it means that you, that you see things in a different light because you believe something very different than they do. Not just that you have a moral standard, but you have a religious standard between you and God. Not religion in the bad sense, but that relational religion standard. Because, because second, we love the ones... Our enemies because God loved them too. That's hard for us to believe, isn't it, sometimes? Among others, he demonstrated the love through common grace of all humanity in a good provision and nature. We see the sun shining, the rain falling. He talks about this throughout the verses. And do they not fall on all men? Including, did not Christ die for all men to see? That we have a different, when I say all men to see, not physically that every person saw, but the demonstration of Christ. But we have a different theological ethic. I, I remember in school, um. What it was to love an enemy. And, and and one of these enemies happened to be in middle school and high school, and um, and I and and, and this guy contentiously picked on me, just constantly picked on me, and I got you know thrown against a wall, um, tripped. One guy, uh, the same guy, threw a lunchbox in my face, just all types of crazy stuff. Constantly just got me in trouble, 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 because we we constantly were fighting. But I constantly prayed for him. Constantly gave the gospel. I remember one day he turned me into the principal, and the principal called me in his office, and this is what I was in trouble for: for being overly excited about Jesus that's what the principal told me that I was in trouble for that day and i had to call my parents to come and talk to me for being overly excited about Jesus in a public school <laughs> yeah so uh so so you know my dad's like i don't know what to do <laughs> you know uh i i you know uh you know kind of like uh, how do you get your kid to say no don't tell people about how the save their life, but this kid constantly did turn me in and I prayed for him and a few years ago y'all had that, that same person at your camp and his name was Brad Wright who's now a pastor and a preacher and telling people about Jesus and completely knows Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior and has completely changed his life for him, um, for the Savior and now who became, was once an enemy and now dearly calls me a brother. Be, see, see, guys, but not all stories turn out that good. Because I have another person that I can tell you about as well who, who did very similar things but did not become a, a brother in Christ. Now, they have come and apologized, and as they've gotten older, they see that I was different in Christ, and they want to have that, but they, as they said, that's a lot of sacrifice on my part that I don't really want to do. And I tell them, uh, there is no sacrifice on your part that's the beauty of it, but um, they don't understand that. Because the, uh, 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 there's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. So when we love our enemy, not only do we show a difference, but we also show them the gospel. And understand that because, see, there's no way by nature that you can really love your enemy. It's no way by nature that you can really not have resentment for somebody. Because if we, if we have resentment and we, and we hate our, our enemy, are we any different than anyone else? No, right? But when we show love, we show them the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he's done in our hearts. So what are you doing in school? What are you doing in your home? Are you showing people that you love them even despite... Kent, you don't understand. Let me just tell you, I probably understand more than you think on certain things because I know how sometimes people have treat people. I've been one of them. I might not understand certain things, but I do understand what it is to be bullied and picked on. And you love them anyway and what God can do because of that. And lastly, very simply, you have a different standard. Not only do you have different ethics, you have a different standard to live by. See, guys, we are, we are, we are called to live differently. In a, in a society that claims to want to be different, it's just so funny. Everything that they want to be different, everybody jumps onto and it becomes a fad. I've always thought that was funny. And, you know, like hipster started because people wanted to be different. And now, now it's a style and everybody's hipster, okay? Someone told me if I just keep doing what I've done, which I've not changed my wardrobe since the 90s, I'm going to be back in style one day. Who knows, okay? Even me might be stylish one day. But uh, I doubt it. Um, but, when, but, but when you are truly different, you have a different standard, you know, we hear this, that you're perfect... Here is better translated as mature. So a lot of people get confused with this word perfect, but it actually better translate it mature, holy. Loving without limits. Jesus is not frustrating his hearers with an unachievable idea or goal here. But he's challenging them to grow in obedience to God's will, to be more like him. What do we pray in the Lord's will? Father, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is what? In Okay, what he's saying is that we will become an acting as within this. That we, that we see that God will reveal his things here as he would in heaven. That we will also, the challenge here is that we will grow and be obedient to God's will and be more like him. That we will mature in that. See, to be different does take a maturity. But see, the only way that you can be mature is because Christ first was mature. You know, we see here in, the, in 45, right? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Again, it goes with, you know love because you've been first loved. You know forgiveness because you've been first forgiven. You can be mature and show people that matureness in Christ because you have seen that grace in you. But see, you can do none of this unless you know Jesus. See, Jesus loved you. Where you are. Jesus is asking nothing from you to be different. But see what he did was he loved you so much he came on this earth. He lived a life in which being you can never live. And he willingly put himself on the cross to die for our sins. To die for you. To die for me. Because see we have all sinned and fallen short of God's standard. And Jesus loved you so much that he did this. And see, the funny thing is, it says this, if we are not for God, we are what? Against God. So therefore, before you knew Christ, you were a what of Christ? An enemy. And he got on that cross for people at the time who were enemies of him. And he died for you. You see, the story didn't end there. See, three days later, he arose again from the grave and defeating death once and for all. That's why we sing, death, where is your sting? Because it no longer has any sting. And because he has done that, and because uh, 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 he now has commanded us, if you follow after me and you make disciples, you tell other people about me. And as you're telling people about Jesus, you're going to live different. You're going to love your enemies. You're going to put down prejudiceness. You're going to put down racism. You're going to put down um, bigotry. You're going to put down being jealous. You're going to put down people um, looking down. You know, e- even you right now, you might think you're just better than someone else. Let me just tell you, you're wrong. And as we look and as Christ sees and we see people in the eyes of Jesus and we love them where they are, See, some of us in here will go, yeah, Kent, I wish people would treat me different and things like that. Okay, then why don't you start treating people different? Start with the special education area at your school. Boom, he went there, yep. Oh, it's different, oh, hey, Kent, it's a little different. See, I don't have any issues, well, let's talk, no, I'm just kidding, um, We think it's so easy, why ain't people loving us, but yet we're not showing the love of Christ to them. Or we'll think, hey, that's good for us, but that's not good for others. See, here's the beauty, guys. The gospel is to be for everyone. And we're to share that Jesus Christ has come. And he offers salvation for you and for you. And for me, and for that guy who we think can never change, but later, because you can't change him, but God can, he might become an amazing pastor who teaches other people about Jesus. Remember who Paul was, right? Who was Paul first before he became the amazing apostle he was? He was the what of the church, the persecutor of the church, and God changed him. Pretty cool. Who was Peter and John, James and and Andrew? They were considered uneducated, but yet, what does the Bible say? You're telling me he uses these uneducated men to teach the world? Yeah, he did. He used a 14-year-old to take down a giant? Yeah, he did. He used a 13-year-old to bring into the king of kings and the Lord of the Lord? Yeah, he did. What is him making it stop? from him using you he used an 18 year old girl to change the mind of a king to save her uh, her people that's called Esther Esther what's stopping to use you to love your enemy to love the people around you and show a difference of Christ that's the challenge tonight we're going to pray I'm going to have Sam come and I want you to respond I I I think the gospel has been clearly shared, and if God is speaking to you, um, please come and talk to us. We'll be glad to share and pray with you. Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We ask you right now that you'll forgive us where we have failed you. And we ask that we come with broken hearts and broken minds, putting down anything that may be keeping us from talking to you right now, Father, that we just put it all here for you and say, God, let us... Bring it to you. Let this not be a show, but let this be genuine and real. Let us just join in our voices and join in this time of worship. In your name, amen. Stand and worship with us.